Welcome to Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight. My name is Pete Wright, and I am here again with BA Insight CTO Jeff Freed. Jeff, good morning, sir. Good morning. Always good to talk to you, Pete. Today, uh, well, we're, we're jumping into a perennial favorite around these parts. We're talking about hybrid SharePoint. As you may remember from past conversations, going hybrid offers great opportunity, but comes with some increased complexity. And to unravel it all, we have another terrific guest on the show today. Vlad Katrinescu is president of VNext Solutions. He's a Microsoft MVP in SharePoint and specializes in deploying the perfect SharePoint infrastructure, especially in high availability and disaster recovery scenarios. And he's founder of SharePoint-Community.net, one of the most active SharePoint communities you'll find. If you are looking for help in deploying hybrid SharePoint, it's tough to find a better resource. Vlad, Welcome to Shared Insights. Thank you, Pete. It seems like the SharePoint community that begins to explore hybrid gets really excited really quickly. Vlad, as an expert in these deployments, what excites you about hybrid and helping your clients uh, get on board the hybrid train? I think the the best feature, the coolest thing about hybrid is that you're able to get the latest things that Microsoft is releasing in the cloud so all the cloud-first, mobile-first stuff like Delve, Groups, you're able to integrate that with your on-prem because of that hybrid connection. So you, even if you're still on-prem, even if you do firm solution, you have a complicated environment, you still can put some workloads and get the latest and greatest in the cloud. Microsoft switched to a cloud-first and sometimes a cloud-only rhythm. So as Vlad mentioned, if you really want to, be on the latest and greatest or, or be in the direction that Microsoft is going so you can take advantage of that. It's really a cloud world or a hybrid world. Hybrid, which was, if you will, first introduced back in the SharePoint 2013 days, has come such a long way because Microsoft recognized that that's where enterprises are today. You know, They've invested in making hybrid capabilities accessible And that's what I get excited about. So let's walk through a little bit. For those who uh, haven't uh, taken the plunge, uh, Vlad, can you walk us through a a quick overview of of hybrid capabilities that that come when when you start going down this path? Sure. So there are about five or six hybrid capabilities that you get. The first one, which I found to be the most popular to my clients, is hybrid OneDrive for Business. As you know, you're able to get OneDrive for Business purely on-prem. So for those of you who don't know what OneDrive for Business is, it's kind of a personal Dropbox, so it's a way to sync files. But instead of it being to the cloud, you can have it only on-prem and it's hosted into your SharePoint 2013 or SharePoint 2016 content databases. However, that makes a lot of companies want to limit how much space they give users. So they're like, hey, You have this cool new feature, but because we have to pay for all your data and all your storage, we're only going to give you one gigabyte. However, a lot of companies also have Office 365 licenses, and they could host this OneDrive for Business in Office 365, and they would get between one terabyte and unlimited content for free. So you have the ability for each user in your organization to have one terabyte of personal files and all the growth, all the backups, all the availability is all handled by Microsoft. So that's a big money saver right there. And it also allows uh, users to access their personal files because it's not project files that usually should be 
in OneDrive for Business is personal files, stuff that the users are working on. They could access it from anywhere in the world as long as they have an internet connection. So you don't have to open that VPN. You don't have to open up your SharePoint server to the outside. It really allows you to be a lot more productive. After, after you start putting content into SharePoint, the other feature is hybrid search. Because once you have content in both places, you want to be able, you want to make sure that you can find those documents. You're able to find them, whatever system they're in. I, I do want to point out, we had a uh, previous episode on the show specifically about cloud hybrid search. So we'll cover it here as well, because it's very near and dear my heart, as well as Vlad's. But uh, if you're listening and you want to get even more, you can go back a couple of episodes. Yeah, that was episode five, and I will put a direct link in the show notes uh, for folks, so you can jump right back and listen to that. We're in the middle of, of hybrid, uh, we're talking about hybrid search. What's the next feature you're, uh, you wanted to run down, Vlad? Uh, next feature, I think, would be the hybrid sites. So basically, hybrid sites actually implements three different features. It allows you to basically have one single view for all the sites you follow on-prem and online. Because as you start to go hybrid, you're going to start using some sites online. You're going to start using some sites on-prem. And then you like to follow sites. So you get news from those sites. You, you're able to go to your sites page. And you want to get to your favorite sites right away. If you don't implement hybrid sites, you're basically going to have two different places to check. One place for your on-prem sites and one place for your online sites. And that's not really user-friendly. It's not a real integration. But if you implement hybrid sites, all your sites, whether on-prem and online, are going to show on the same page. So you know that I'll go to my sites page and I'll find all the sites that I follow, whatever system they're in. And it also... The other feature that it uh, enables is hybrid profiles. So basically, by default, whenever I click on a username, like say I'm in a document library, and I see that this document was uploaded by Pete, by default in SharePoint, when I click on Peek's name, if I'm on-prem, it will bring me to Peek's my site or Peek's profile on-prem. And if I'm online, it will bring me to Peek's profile online. And then Pete will have to keep two profiles up to date so I can see the latest information, I can see his department, I can see his latest picture and all that stuff. And that's really not user-friendly. When you implement hybrid sites, it also implements a feature, like I said, hybrid profiles or profile redirection, however you want to call it. And this allows you that whenever you click on a username, whether on-prem or online, it will bring you to the profile of the person in Office 365, which is now Delve. So wherever I am, if I click on Peek's name, I'll go to Peek's profile in Delve. That way, he only has one profile to keep up to date. We don't have mixed profiles anymore. Again, very convenient for users. Uh, yeah, it's all, it's all about the user experience. Yeah, right, right. So the latest one is the hybrid app launcher. If you're on SharePoint 2016, you have this new app launcher at the top left, which is similar to Office 365. But for now, if you don't implement hybrid, it's a pretty dumb app launcher because you only have newsfeed, OneDrive, and sites. You cannot add anything for now. However, if you go, if you enable hybrid sites, you're able to add custom tiles in Office 365, and those custom tiles will also appear on-prem. 
So that way, every user can add their custom tiles in 365 or a company can add them for everybody and they will appear on-prem as well. I think you also get tiles for some of your favorite online things like Power BI and Dell, right? You, you get Delve and video, but you don't get Power BI. And that's, that's one of the big questions that we ask for Microsoft. Like, if we enable it, why don't I get everything I see in Office 365? Like, you, you don't get Power BI, you don't get all the, you don't get Planner, you only get Delve, Office 365 video, and your custom ones. What's uh, Microsoft's answer to that question so far, Vlad? Good feedback. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the classic answer. Uh, I guess it's my fault as well because I didn't put it on user voice and try to get the votes. I, I can put the blame on, on me as well a bit here. However, they, I don't think there are any plans to get all the tiles from Office 365. I should put a note after the podcast to add it on user voice and ask everybody to vote for it. That's good, because I've just changed the title of this podcast to Vlad Katronescu takes the blame for all of SharePoint's shortcomings. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. What country doesn't have internet? I'm moving there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, uh, what was the, uh, the fourth feature that, uh, that we were talking about, this fourth of, of our hybrid capabilities? And by the way, Microsoft, well, Bill Baer, a senior product manager at Microsoft, they confirmed that the app, app launcher will come to SharePoint 2013 as well somewhere in the future. At the moment... That's one of the features that's only available in SharePoint 2016, but should be available if you're running SharePoint 2013 still, sometimes maybe in the next, next service pack or who knows when. Okay. So the fourth feature is hybrid business connectivity services. For those of you who don't know, hybrid well, business connectivity services on-prem only, they allow you to, to integrate data from third-party system like a SQL that has nothing to do with SharePoint, another database, they allow you to show this data into SharePoint as a SharePoint list. Well, if you implement hybrid BCS, you could have on-prem data, for example, a sales database, a customer database, and you can show that data into SharePoint Online, into a SharePoint Online list. That way, if you have a salesman on the road, they don't have to connect to VPN to have access to that data. They simply connect to SharePoint Online, which they can access through internet, and they, sec- they can securely see their list of customers without having to do the VPN, connecting on-prem, and all that, all that stuff. Fantastic. The last feature, which is not even released yet, so we know only a bit about it, is called SharePoint Insights. SharePoint Insights will basically allow you to move your audit logs from on-prem to Office 365. So that way, when you have to do an audit, you're able to say, okay, I want to see what Jeff accessed in the past month. With one query, I'm able to see what Jeff accessed in all of Office 365, as well as my SharePoint on-prem. So I'm able to view this data in one single place. And we'll see what else they do with that data since they, they're going to have all the, all, all the pages that Jeff accessed. They're going to have so much information. We'll see if they're going to implement other stuff that relies on this data. Maybe we're going to get more things. But for now, it's only shipping your audit logs from on-prem to SharePoint Online. Now, I'm going to have to leave the country because Vlad is spying on me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not me, it's Microsoft. Yes. <laughs> 
Well, you know, all of these things, as you list these five uh, features that come with uh, the, with hybrid, it seems like such a, a no-brainer. It's no wonder people are getting excited about hybrid. But when you look at adoption, what do you find is getting in the way of people using hybrid? I guess there's, there's sort of two parts to that question. One is, is there a reason not to go hybrid? And two is, if you want to go hybrid, what's getting in the way of you doing it? Uh, in my opinion, well, it's different because I'm from Canada as well. So just to give you an idea, it's only one month ago that we had our data center in Canada. Mm-hmm. So whenever I talk to a business, uh, maybe two months ago, they're like, yeah, but if I want to go in Office 365, if I want to get cloud, I have to put my data in the United States. And then I go, I, I enter the U.S. Patriot Act. So the U.S. government can look in my data legally. Not not that excited about that, I imagine. Nope, not nope, that excited. Nope, not that excited. For, for the big customers, they're like, yeah, I'm fine for on-prem for now. Okay. But they just opened a data center. Not all the stuff is in our data center yet, so not all the Office 365 components. But I'm starting to get a lot more interest from local clients. Before, all my clients for hybrid used to be in the U.S., because I think there the adoption is a lot bigger than in Canada. But now it's starting to raise in Canada as well with a new data center. There's also some legal stuff. Some companies have to keep their data between certain yeah. standards or between certain like in their data center. And other than that, it's a lot of... Another problem I had, uh, and this one uh, will be funny... I was going to a company, I was like, I showed them hybrid, they really wanted like, oh my god, this is so cool. So I'm like, okay, so do you have Office 365 licenses? And they're like, well, we just renewed our on-prem enterprise agreement for three years on-prem. So we're stuck on-prem for the next three years. So having that, those licenses being stuck in a license agreement can be a blocker. And also some comp- some. I think some people just don't want to go hybrid. Some people are fully anti-cloud and they don't know why. I think that that's most of the people that is the problem. They okay. don't know why they want don't want to go cloud, but they don't want to. Talk a little bit about the complexity of setting it up and configuring hybrid. How hard is it? It depends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a consultant, so that's the golden answer, right? It's incredibly complex, and you should call me because I'll help. Exactly. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It it honestly depends on what features you want to enable. To give you an idea, you know the course that I just did on Pluralsight about hybrid? I had to read about, no kidding, about 700 pages on TechNet, on eBooks, on stuff like that to get the whole picture of how it works. The way that the documentation is done, the way that Microsoft created the documentation, it makes a lot of people give up before they even start, before they actually know, hey, to enable OneDrive for business, I don't even need to set up a server-to-server trust. I only need to fill up a list with like five options and that's it. And that was buried in 700 pages of documentation. Yeah, because if you look at the way that Microsoft tells you like, the roadmaps that they give, it can be really, really complicated to be like, hey, if I only want this feature, I don't need the whole Ferrari package. I don't need to set up my reverse proxy. I don't need to get seven different certificates. I don't need to run like the 60 PowerShell command legs to set up server-to-server trust. I only need to set up something in central admin. Mm-hmm. If, if you want to do something like 
the most advanced one, like say, is hybrid BCS. That's the most advanced feature that you could configure in hybrid. Uh, without the customizations, I know Jeff is a big search guy, and Jeff will tell me that no cloud search, if you want to configure everything, is the most complicated. But from purely an infrastructure point of view, hybrid BCS is the most complicated because it has the most requirements of stuff that you need to configure. And it's not that hard. One, once you understand it and once you get it explained to you of how everything works and you see the whole picture, I don't see that complicated anymore. Jeff, what's your sense of this complexity question? And uh, do you want to respond to this? Uh, now that the gauntlet, gauntlet, yeah, the gauntlet has been thrown, yes. Well, I, I sense a white glove on your face. Uh, there we go. No, actually, I agree that search, cloud hybrid search, my favorite, is not as difficult to set up as BCS. And I, I think there's uh, challenges with the, with the data gateway and BCS as well as all the prerequisites. There is a really strong perception of hybrid as being complex. The documentation issues that Vlad just talked about, which come a bit from all of these layers of new content and figuring out which, con which content is out of date even, it can be hard. There is a reality of the complexity. Anything hybrid has more moving parts. We have some customers that don't use hybrid because they say, well, I'm not that big. I'm going to just move everything to the cloud. Much more often, we have people that adopt hybrid, and then it's about how do I learn to do it? I'll also say that the complexity and difficulty in setup has gotten a lot better. Take identity. You know, hybrid identity is one of the you know, foundation pieces. If you don't have that working, you really don't have anything. To get that working with Thursync three years ago was nearly impossible. It was a nightmare. And hardly anybody could really get hybrid search, classic hybrid search working. But through a lot of iterations, Microsoft has reduced the complexity in that really dramatically. So, you know, even my sister can, can set up uh, hybrid identity. The success rate that I see in our customers is much higher. And we're able to help people through getting hybrid search set up in one or two weeks pretty reliably. Well, and that, that leads to the next question, is sort of how do you find those customers who, let's say, made the decision to adopt some of these new features, uh, you know, last month, uh, where are they today? And what is it that they're feeling sort of is making them successful in it? Vlad, do you want to take that on first? I think the users are the one who are the happiest. I think, I think really the business users are like, wow, we have all those new features to play with. And like now I can choose, like say I want to have a basic collaboration site. I can put it online. I want to have an, an extranet. I don't have to wait four months for the IT department to set me up. I can simply invite an external users in Office 365. I think the business users are the happiest and everything goes well with them. That's my sense, too. In preparing for this, some of the feedback from business users, I, uh, an interview with a sales team manager said, this feels like an entirely new platform, uh, not yeah. just a new feature set. Yeah. However, I think the IT is having trouble to adapt with the release cadence in Office 365. Like, I was visiting a client that was implementing hybrid and... They didn't call me early in the project. They called me in the project back when, you know, when <laughs> when it was going bad and were like, we need saving. So I'm like, okay, so you guys are like doing all this code to go against this feature 
And this fixture is not even in Office 365 anymore. This fixture is already gone. You guys like missed the update last month. And I think a lot of a lot of IT people, a lot of organization that try to control the training, control everything, they're having troubles to adapt with the latest, like the modern Office library. Stuff that Microsoft releases and that changes your whole training documents. It changes your code, stuff like that. So I think that's, that's the IT, pro, IT people are having more trouble getting used to it than business users. As you, as you look at uh, these stories of implementation and your experience in implementation, what are the things that you find uh, and, and, uh, that, uh, that people in charge of the implementation, your IT teams, should be most wary of or should be on the lookout? Uh, what are the red flags? I, I think when, because the rolling out is not purely IT people. The rolling out really has to be a team effort. So I think the problem from an IT perspective when trying to really get it work technically is that you cannot have a one-man team that's trying to configure SharePoint hybrid from A to Z. You need certificates. You need to do stuff in the DNS. You need to do stuff in the public DNS. You need to do stuff in a, on the reverse proxy. And I think a lot of companies are way too siloed and getting used to that, hey, I have a SharePoint project, but I'll need a DNS guy or a a domain admin full-time with me to get me working. So I think getting all those team members around the table is the big challenge in getting hybrid set up. Yeah, I, I think it's very daunting for SharePoint IT pros to look at hybrid, both because of this cadence. Things are moving constantly, and there's new things rolling out in Office 365 that you cannot control, and because of all of these new skill sets. And most people wouldn't be in IT if they didn't like to learn. But, you know, you know, you need to be good at PowerShell. Now you need to know identity as well as the individual workloads, as well as IT management. Um, so I, I think it's daunting for many IT folks. I agree wholeheartedly with what Vlad just said about lining up stakeholders. That's the number one factor that slows down the projects that we do with with, with our clients um, is that they need the right people at the right time and they haven't thought about it until you know the hour before. That kind of project coordination and the kind of change management where you're rolling out something to a broad user population pretty quickly um, those are new skills. As we get close to wrapping up here, I wonder if you each would share uh, one of your favorite deployment uh, stories. And and Vlad, I'll start with you. As you as you are seeing companies that you are working with be successful using these some of these new technologies built into hybrid. Uh, what is the? Well, give me a story that you're most excited about. Uh, I cannot name the client because of all this NDA. Of course. However. I had a client that I deployed to that everybody was happy from the C-level to the SharePoint admin to the business users. The client was basically, they had a lot of business people on the road and they had iPhones that they had to connect to VPN and then use like an in-house application to get simple data from a SQL database. So we implemented hybrid BCS for them and that saved them 20 minutes 20 minutes only to look up information for a client and get the latest sales information. 
the IT people were happy because we put the OneDrive for business and there were like 30,000 people. So imagine only 30,000 people that had five gigs each in their on-prem OneDrive for business. Only that being able to move that data from on-prem to online and not having to back up this data anymore, not having, it's like 30 terabytes of data that we move from on-prem to online and that they don't have to back up anymore. They don't have to restore files there anymore. It's all it's all in the cloud. They don't have to take care of that data anymore. The C-level was happy because all those 30 terabytes of storage, all those extra servers, they don't need to pay for those anymore, right? Well, more storage for other applications, SharePoint costs less, and they already paid for everything. A lot of companies, when they buy an Office 365 license, they pay for their online OneDrive for Business. They pay for the SharePoint Online. It's all included in the OneDrive for in the Office 365 license. It's cool to see that hey, we're paying for all this stuff, and now we're finally using it and actually saving a ton of money and reducing points of failure and giving the users an incredible experience. I mean, it seems yep. like that. And it, everybody was happy. Everybody's that's fantastic. How often do you get an IT project or a deployment project where that happens? Usually, a lot of people, sometimes some, somebody is not happy because somebody's like the SQL admin. Yeah, but now I have less job to do, so yeah. my job is at <laughs> risk. And you always get this like comment that comes from nowhere and you're like, but dude, like you have to work to make your users happy. Yeah, those yeah buts. Yeah buts are yeah, everywhere. Yeah, but. yeah. What do you think, Jeffrey? Are you seeing a reduction in yeah buts in your implementations? Uh, yes, I still see a lot of them because there are so many people involved. Of course, I get usually involved in the more complex things always with some search angle to them. I'll, I'll pick a favorite one, which was a large pharmaceutical company moving to Office 365 and using the hybrid team sites as well as the hybrid OneDrive that Vlad talked about. We were able with them to bring documentum content into the mix so that people could ac access it from a partner standpoint and from a mobile device standpoint in a single search view. And I won't say this was you know, a trivial project, largely because this was very early in the cloud hybrid search. They went, went live before the, the, the GA of the capability, actually. Um, but because it kept finding positive surprises. I mean, there were, there were questions about security and the ability to do proper security trimming. Once we did a mapping and found a way to map things down, the positive surprise was we'd actually found issues in the way the original documents were secured and fixed them programmatically. They also discovered that they could use um, data loss prevention, which is essentially scanning content that's also available in Office 365, applies to content brought into the index through through our connector. So we had a documentum connector, and another positive surprise was they were able to scan for sensitive information and use that content to show up in the Office graph. So there kept being additional unexpected benefits, if you will, and um, the Three initial use cases, which were around quality management, a, a research archive, and sort of a finance project control, 
once those were up, it seemed like new use cases came out of the woodwork. And that's how you know that you've got good momentum. When you when I'm, when you talk about such a large data set, such large collections, uh, it makes me think about something we've talked about a little bit before, which is the analytics. How are how is is analytics on um, this data impacted by hybrid? And and you know, have, are you finding that the data is uh, is good? I think there's uh, a perennial issue that all data is dirty, and when you expose it easily to users, there's there's usually a phenomenon where you see things which maybe surprise you and maybe you weren't supposed to see. And that's why we always have a part of the project which is scouring exactly for that. I don't yet know whether the uh, SharePoint Insights, sort of the audit features that Vlad was talking about that are still coming are going to be things that help a lot for these huge data sets. But I will certainly say that I already see OneDrive and the visibility and compliance controls of OneDrive is a big step up for compared to almost any uh, file share system. So there's the amount of data keeps growing and exploding I think analytics becomes more important, and there are some nice things that are built in as well as administrative and analytic features. You know, for example, O365Mon is an add-on that we use to look at our entire tenant that also now helps with hybrid. Or BE Insight has something called Smart Analytics, which is looking at use of content and portals uh, and search. I'd say watch this space because there'll be more need of that as more and more people go hybrid. Well, and that, you know, it brings us to this point of of learning more. And, uh, you know, as soon as Vlad mentioned the 700 pages of documentation, uh, you know, uh, that makes the little hair stand up on the back of my neck. So let's talk a little bit about how you can learn more. In that spirit, Vlad, this month you launched, this month you launched a new Pluralsight course called Implementing a Hybrid SharePoint 2013-2016 Infrastructure. Uh, tell us a little bit about that class. I saw that uh, a lot of SharePoint admins, first of all, when when they start to look at on TechNet how to implement hybrid, they read a few pages, they get to 10, 15 pages, and they're like, wait, I'm not even done the pre-requirements for one service application yet, and they give up. And hybrid is becoming more and more needed, and there was no training at all on it. So I created this courses. I didn't expect it to be that big, but with if you want to configure everything, it's a four four and a half hour course that shows you how to do it from A to Z, and it's all video course, so it's all like a basically like a webinar with live demos. So it's not like a blog post where I tell you do this, 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 and it should work. I actually show you how to do it in a live demo, and how you should get it from A to Z and how you should test that everything works properly. And it's going to be really important, especially for all those gold partners that want to keep their gold SharePoint certification. Hybrid is a big part of the SharePoint 2016 exam. That, by the way, I think the beta came out today. So you need to learn hybrid. If you want to get SharePoint 2016 certified, you need to learn hybrid. And a lot more customers are going to ask you for it. So it's definitely 
a course to watch. I think in four and a half hours, it will save you a ton of hours of other reading and it will give you a good idea how to, well, it will teach you from A to Z how to configure hybrid. And uh, Pete, I'll also send you a link on how everybody could get a three-month subscription for free. Oh, because excellent. Because site is usually paid. I think it's it's not even that expensive. It's like $25 per month and you have access to the full library of like 4,000 courses. But I'll send you a link. You could maybe add it to the links in the podcast, how to get three months for free. So everybody could watch and learn that course for free. Well, that's very kind of you, Vlad. We'll put that in the notes. Thank you. I'll also put in, since I've seen Vlad in action, uh, you couldn't have a better person do this training. It's uh, uh, You have a remarkable way of taking these complicated sort of arcane things and making them transparent for technical people. That is uh, couldn't be more apparent than in this very podcast. Thank you so much, Vlad, for uh, taking your time and, and offering us your attention for this last half hour. It's been great uh, talking to you and learning from you. Thank you for having me and looking forward to talk to you soon. Excellent. Uh, and before we let you go, where would you like people to go besides the class to, to learn more about you and what you do? Uh, you can follow my blog. I blog at absolute-sharepoint.com. And you can also find me on Twitter at Vlad Catrinescu. I try to share a lot of interesting stuff from all over the SharePoint world. So make sure to follow my account and I'll share a lot of interesting SharePoint stuff. Excellent. Jeff loves Twitter. Yes, I, uh, <laughs> uh, I usually get, we joke, I, I get the night shift, <laughs> the graveyard shift in covering Twitter for our company. So, uh, but I'm glad you could join us. And for all you listeners, thank you again. Uh, I'll also recommend if you're looking for sort of business things to show your management that the hybrid.office.com site is getting better and better. And, of course, come and talk to BA Insight. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jeff and Vlad, and thank you all for joining us. Don't forget, you can listen to the show anytime over at BAinsight.com or subscribe for free in your podcast application of choice. On behalf of Jeff and Vlad, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll catch you next time on Shared Insights the podcast from BA Insight.